What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Faded Truth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing and supporting the growth. I'm so excited to have a powerhouse on the show today. Sports host, podcaster, producer, media mogul. I got Miss Jen DeLeon on the show. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I'm so happy we were finally able to do this too. And I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I didn't give up on you. I'm like, I need to talk to her. <laughs> So uh, appreciate you being here. I don't even know how I found you, actually. I, I don't know how I found you on like Instagram or something. And I was looking at you. I'm like, oh, this girl's interviewed everybody. And um, I think I actually might have found you through Manscaped or something because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did like a promo for them like a couple years ago. And yeah. it's funny because I was like, it was just like me so cheesy in front of the camera. Like, your balls will thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know how I found you, but I was like, I have to talk to you because you've been interviewing people for 13 years. You've interviewed everybody in hip hop. And yes. it's very rare to find a um, power, like female, um, alpha female in the media industry. It's like, you know, few and far between, especially people that are doing as much as you're doing, you know, because when you look at your um, deck, you can see just everything that you've done. And it's crazy because you look like you're in your twenties. So <laughs> and I'm not, I love that because I feel like I still have some longevity because I am in my thirties. <laughs> right. Same. And I'm like, people are like, Oh, you get carded. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I love getting carded. Actually. No, sometimes it gets annoying. I got carded. Like my breaking point was when I got carded for a lottery ticket. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, cause like <laughs> I get 21, but like 18. So yeah, there ain't even no lottery in Vegas. I found that out. Oh, there isn't? Mm -hmm. You got to yeah. go to the border, like Arizona, to get it. Have you ever done that? No. But <laughs> my, dad, my dad messaged me on WhatsApp. He's like, I had a dream. You have to play these numbers. And I went, and they're like, we don't have a lottery here. And I'm like, oh, shit. I thought I was in Jersey. Wow. I did not know. <laughs> How do they not have lottery, but they have like every casino in the world? and all this It's gambling. like a gambling thing or some shit. I don't know. Some little, uh -huh. you know, loophole. Um, okay. So you've been interviewing people for 13 years. When you were little, did you like already know that you wanted, like, were you already talking to people? Were you very social or how was your personality? Yeah. So very social. Um, I knew I wanted to be on camera since I was a kid. Like, no joke, like, you know, like when your parent or an adult asks you, like, what you want to do or what you want to be when you grow up. And mine was like being on TV and being on camera. And that's the only thing I ever pursued. Um, my mom told me I was saying full sentences when I was only a year and a half. Like, so I was always a, a big talker. But it's funny, I can talk a lot when it's one on one. But if you put me in an environment where it's like an event, I am hidden in the corner. Like I am hidden in the corner. Sometimes <laughs> people don't even know I'm there. So it's like I'm the most social, antisocial person you'll probably ever come across. Okay, I gotcha. I feel like that's a lot of people in media too. Yeah. Because um, like I could talk to a wall and I bartending for like, I bartended for like 15 years um, before I got out the industry. So I think it helped me when I started interviewing people and started the podcast because I'm like, yeah. oh, I People are like, you just talk so naturally. And it's like, I know you. I'm like, yeah, I, get, I mean, I'm just, I just talk to everybody. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'm like, please get away from me. I have, I have zero energy to give you. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be in this space with all these people. I would just want to be home on my couch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I actually saw, um, my dad had a camcorder attached to his hand when we were little. 
So there was like a video of me with like one of those microphones, like, hey, let me show you the living room or blah, 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 you know? So when I look yeah. back, I'm like, damn, I really actually, this was something that I probably was mm-hmm. thinking about when I was younger, but I could never bring it out until later. And it's funny how it came back. That's funny. Um, so you when you, yeah, when you first like um, get into, obviously, you know, your passion from a young age, but did your parents put you in any type of like, drama school media anything or you just kind of like when she got older you were like all right I want to start educating so they didn't put me in anything like that um when I really started doing anything with on camera and talking was in high school um in high school I was the girl who did the morning announcements so I was that person (laughs) so yeah so that's where it really started and then after that I just I started doing YouTube videos and I, when I was in college, that's all I would do. Like, instead of going out, I was so obsessed with like, how am I going to make this a reality? So I'd be recording YouTube videos in my dorm or in my apartment. And then from there, it just, it kind of went, like, it went great, like from there. And this was like before YouTube popped off really, right? Yeah. So this is 2009 when I started doing YouTube. Okay. So this was before Instagram, before, well, I guess Twitter was out too, but before Instagram, before TikTok, and it was just, I would just turn on my, turn on my camera and just record whatever. I would do the longest videos where I would talk like 10, 15 minutes, and then I wouldn't have anything planned. I would just turn it on and be like, this is what I feel like talking about today, and then that's what came out. And I'm still kind of like that, um, which I think I should work on, so it's actually like planned out, but I will just... If I feel like recording, I'll record right. or if I got ready. So like today, I got ready for this. I'm like, okay, today's the day I will shoot content after because I don't like getting ready. Like if I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me I put like a little bit of fucking mascara on. I'm like, let me look like I haven't been fucking crying. I had to put my dog down this past oh, weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I just been like, I have one left. He's literally sitting here at my feet like, hey, can we do something? I'm like, Jesus. Because they were like two, you know, all with yeah. each other. I've just been like. Literally just no energy, just like I'm glad to be working and doing things because it keeps my mind busy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, sometimes you gotta like disconnect and like re fucking fill your cup, you know, to like yeah. all the time. You gotta be all happy go lucky and da 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 da, you know. And sometimes you don't wanna be like that. <laughs> oh, trust me, I have my days where I'm like, fuck this, fuck that, and I'm just gonna stay in bed all day because I don't feel like doing anything. Do you have like a self care? Um like ritual that you do to kind of stay sane? Um, I wouldn't say it's not like a, a ritual, but every time I feel really down, I will watch some kind of preaching on YouTube. So I, my go-tos are like T.D. Jakes, T.D. Jakes, uh, Devon Franklin, Sarah Jakes, Roberts, Teray Roberts, uh, Michael Todd, like I will just go, Stephen Furtick. So I will go and watch something and what I'll do is I'll go on YouTube and I will search like what, what the topic is where I need some kind of inspiration. So I'll do that. And then I also write a lot. Um, that's always my advice for people. Like if you are going through something, whether it's, you know, just you as a person or if you're dealing with an issue with another person and like you have to write and express that in some way and let it out. So I will write down everything and then I feel better after I do that. Okay. Yeah, I think people underestimate the um, power of journaling. Yes, and I actually just thought about that the other day. And I'm like, why do I feel kind of like, Ugh. and I'm like, well, I haven't meditated. I haven't journaled. Like I really haven't been reading. Like I usually read a chapter a day, at least somewhere yeah. in my day, you know? So I'm like, you just haven't been doing the normal things and you start feeling it when you don't do it. 
Mm-hmm. And then sometimes even when you're feeling down like that, you're not even in the mood to do the things that you know will make you feel better because you're just so blah. But then it's like, once you force yourself to do it, it's like, okay, now I remember why this is what I, this is what I'm supposed to do when I'm feeling down. Yeah. And I just give myself grace too. I like used to be so hard on myself. And it's like, I think probably you too, as like an independent woman of like doing 10,000 things, we're always like trying to be the best or like trying to be perfect and whatever mm-hmm. is like good enough. So um, with the creative process, that's been something for me is just like trusting my process and trusting myself and like okay. not type of big expectations or timelines or like things that would just drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's really good to have. <laughs> Um, At least you're trying. That's the biggest thing. Like as long as you're making some kind of progress, it doesn't matter how small it is. I started the show like three years ago. And before that, like I was not trying to progress in any like mental way in my life. So it's just been crazy. The people I've met during the process and like how much I've changed. It's been like a 180. So now I just, you know, pretty much I'm like the vessel for other people, um, which is just crazy to me. But now I'm here. (laughs) And you're doing great. Yes. Um, so I know you interviewed some of the biggest names in hip hop, Kodak Black, Tyga, Brown, Snoop Dogg, Nipsey. Um, do you remember like the first big interview that you had that you were like super excited about? Ooh, man, there's so many, <laughs> like where like watching your reel and it was just like crazy. All the people that you've interviewed. So I'm like, can you, can you even like remember when you first were like, I... I'm here, I made it. <laughs> I like that. It's so crazy because you know how fucking long, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but like, you know how long it took me to put together that reel. And because it's like, I've done like thousands of interviews and people's attention span is not long. So even when I try to clip and I try to update it every year, it's so hard where it's like, which one do I keep? Um, Wow. Yeah. No one's ever asked me that where it was like, what was the one where I was really excited or what can I remember? I I could say for sure, like, even if I knew an interview was happening, I didn't believe it was happening until I was sitting in front of that person. And we were actually going to do the interview because it's always hit or miss with artists and their availability. Um, I know I was really excited for Snoop, for sure. Um, Do you smoke at all? I do. Okay. I did smoke with Snoop. No, I did not. Oh. I did not. <laughs> but what I loved with Snoop was like, I was, ex- I remember being excited to even do one of the interviews, but now he's probably the artist that I probably interviewed the most. So like at that point, and then it was cool because it wasn't just interviews. Like his team hired me to host his, um, his, his Adidas panel. So he would do, it was a coach Snoop and Adidas thing. So I hosted that like two years in a row. So it was just, I was more excited when I would get cool opportunities where it was cool when I would get the interviews, but then it was even cooler when it was a step up from the interview and it was like, okay, actually like building something. So yeah, I would say Snoop. And then I was really, this isn't my first like when I first got the interview, but during COVID and I really was like, I'm going to focus on my YouTube and build my channel because I would do my interviews for all these different platforms, but I was the one booking the interviews. So I remember during COVID, Big Sean released Detroit 2. Um, he didn't do any interviews, but I had reached out and was like, hey, can you do an interview? And we just did it through Zoom because of COVID. And what was exciting was when he was doing his promo for Detroit 2, 
I screen recorded this. I have it in my stories where it was Amazon Music, uh, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, um, me, and then I think like Undisputed. So it was only like huge names and then just randomly like in the story, like he only did like, oh, and then Apple Music. So like he only did like four interviews, but just being able to see that, that made me really excited because that really pushed me to see like, okay, I don't have to be attached to a big network to be right. able to get these same interviews. It's all about that relationship. And I just, I was so excited for that interview because also it was COVID. So we're all just locked in our, in our homes. Right. Um, so it was just exciting to see that. And it was like, you know what, I can really do this and I don't have to be afraid to just put it all into myself. Right. Because you were, I mean, you had like your own show. Do you still, is mm -hmm. that still something that you have the Jen Daily? Yeah. Yes. So my next, the last interview I dropped was with NLE Choppa. I dropped that about a month ago. Um, and then my next interviews, I have Lil Xan August 1st and then Davies and Jeezy sometime in August. So I need to be more consistent with it though, but it's Who's, still there. What's the last one you said? NLE Choppa. No, what was like, who you have in August? Oh, Lil Xan August 1st and then Davies and Jeezy sometime in the middle of August. Young Jeezy? Yeah. That's my baby. But, Drop but, or die. but what's cool is Jeezy, he did an interview with me when I first launched my show in 2016 for Trapper Die 3. So it's like I'm excited to do something for his book. So it's just like exciting to see, like, okay, I have something from 2016 yes. when I was on unemployment and then he came to the set and then now 2023, something like different. So it's it's milestones like that where you see the progress of like, okay. This is, yeah, I really love doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think people underestimate the fact that you can just reach out and be a human and like might, you might get that interview. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Like, like don't be afraid to reach out to anybody for an interview. Like don't let the numbers be a thing. Like if you're, and that's the thing, if you're genuine about it, like if you're genuine and you put thoughts into your pitch, like one thing I see with people is they'll send a pitch but it's just copy and paste of the pitch they sent to everybody else. So you can tell it's very like you're a robot, like you don't really care for the interview. So I make sure with every pitch that I do, it is very personal. And I, I spent time to actually send that pitch. So it, right. it's more of a chance of getting it also. Yeah. I've gotten a couple people like just off DMing them and like, literally I think Jason Weaver messaged me like a year later. He's nice. like, hey, I just saw this. I'm like, let's go. Cool. Are you free next week? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, how did you get into the music industry? I got into the music industry in 2010. Um, so I had hosted an event. It was a benefit concert for Haiti at the time. There was a blog called Dower Hip Hop. Um, and when I was on stage, at that show, I had mentioned something about like, you know, I just want to have, I don't know what I was talking about, but I, I guess I said something about wanting to one day be able to like have a show and do something like that frequently. And then go where hip hop reached out and just said like, Hey, do you want to start doing interviews for us? And they're like, we just want to start doing them. So then I started doing them. Um, it's funny. Like at that time I was only 20 when it started and when we started, like I had to use a fake ID to get into clubs to be able to interview some of these artists. <laughs> so one that I really remember was with Pusha T 
and it was at a club and they said, like, I think this was going to be my first like hip hop interview now that I think about it. And I was panicking because I'm like, wait, like, is this ID going to work? Like, what am I doing? And then they're like, it's going to be clips. So it's, it's Pusha T and Malice. And I'm like, oh fuck, like, what if I mix them up? And what if I like ask, like, there were so many thoughts going through my head. Um, it ended up only being Pusha T. And then one of my questions I asked, he actually slipped up about how he was going to be part of good music. And then we they used that as an interlude to one of his mixtapes where I, I, I asked whatever question it was. So that ended up working out. But that was all like using a fake ID to get into this club <laughs> and be able to do it. Nice. So when you're like, when you're interviewing people at this point, is this something like that you already know you want to be in the hip hop space? I think, I mean, drive you into yeah. it automatically. Like when you got, cause it was like the same time you were doing the videos, then you start yeah. to use it. So it's like kind of just all came together. Yeah. So it's crazy. I thought I was going to do sports. So I thought it was, and I really wanted to do basketball. So I ended up, I was actually an intern for the Chicago Bulls that same yeah, that same season, 2010 and 2011. Um, but then I found out I did not want to like do that. But I think it was just because I was younger and like the experience wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. So music, that happened because of lower hip hop, but then it always worked out for me. So I just started to pursue music. So even now, hip hop is definitely still my niche, but I do want to expand outside of hip hop. So it's, I have hip hop, but I want to interview everybody like on the music side, on the acting TV and film side. Like I just want yeah. to expand because I just like talking to anybody. So. <laughs> That's and why so I'm like, sorry. When I started my YouTube in 2020, I like, you know, everyone's like, you need a niche. I was like, I don't have one. I want to talk about yeah. So I did like, I just started like cannabis and creatives, right? And then started like doing a lot of artists, musicians, things like that. And then it just spiraled into, um, do you know who Rude Jude is? Yeah. I've worked with Rude Jude before. Yeah. So that was like my inspo to start the show. Nice. Like, great. Yeah. Then I ended up interviewing him like maybe last year or something. Um, but it was like great how it came full circle. Cause I'm like, you made me start this, right? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't. I had a brain fart. I don't know what I was saying before that. <laughs> you were talking about. Oh, talking oh, like a niche. To yeah. yeah. So now I have like five niches on my website. It's fitness, nice. creatives, health and wellness, um, taboo, and food porn. Nice. So it's like I can literally, and it all kind of intertwines because a lot of times I'll do like THC chefs, or you know what I mean, and it goes into food, or I'll do like cannabis, and maybe they're also an artist, or you know, a DJ, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think that it's like that it varies because I I always hated like doing the same thing, and I felt like mm -hmm. if I did this, I'm like I'm gonna put myself in a box. I'm like doing all my own content myself. I want to enjoy it. Yes. So, um, but I definitely have like, that's definitely what I'm known for too, is like a hip hop kind of culture podcast. Yes. So I think it's crazy too, how women always like float towards like people love in the hip hop space, love women to be representing them. I feel like. Yes. You know, exactly. Um, so also, are you Filipino? Yes. Okay. I just actually interviewed, um, it's called the pepper club out here and the chef. Okay. Head chef is Filipino. So we were talking a lot about Filipino culture and we were doing sake and kampai and all that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about the Filipino culture? What I love about the Filipino culture is how friendly they are. Honestly, like I was 
thinking about that the other day, like Filipino culture, we're very friendly and very family oriented and supportive. Like I swear all Filipinos will support any Filipino if they know you're Filipino. And that's what <laughs> I love about it. And they're Filipino. That's awesome. Yes. He, he did say everyone is super happy because I was like, what do you think like, you know, is like the biggest thing? He's like, I feel like everyone is chill. Like they you are. I like issues. And it's nice that you say if they know you're Filipino, like they embrace you because I feel like in a lot of cultures, it's too much of like, you're not this or you're not that or you're not Spanish enough or you're not black. Yeah. Enough, you know what it is? It's like there's never people that are like embracing you for just being you. We are right. We're already all minorities. So it's like, yeah, exactly. have to, you know, so I like that about the culture. That's nice. Yes. They're a very friendly culture. Um yeah, like there's, I mean, like really thinking about whether like someone watching this right now, like you probably don't know like a mean, like Filipino, I don't know. Like I just, they're all just so friendly. Like you could really go up to a Filipino, like I do it all the time. Like if I see a Sam at a grocery store or a restaurant um, and the clerk is like, like checking me out or the, the, the server is Filipino, I'll always ask like, Oh, are you Filipino? And they get so excited when they find out you're Filipino also. <laughs> That's why I feel when I find out people are from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I love you. Like automatically. I automatically. Yeah. <laughs> so were you Very born? True. Where were you born? I was born in the North suburbs of Chicago. Okay. But my parents are from the Philippines. Okay. And do you know why? Filipino and Philippines are spelled with an F and a P. No. Have, have you broken this? Because I want to know. <laughs> no, I don't know that. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me. I'm like, wait. No, I, I, no, I thought about it when I interviewed that guy, and I'm like, yo, why is it Philippines and Filipino spelled with an different? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, Ashley. I need to look into that. I have no idea. They, they probably don't even know. <laughs> So on your um, reel, you had a lot going on on your reel too. I saw that you were playing basketball with Jadakiss. Yeah. Okay, because that's my that's like my baby, baby. It's like Jada, GZ, Tupac. That was like okay, that's all. yeah. You know, because Jersey, New York, close enough. The locks. Yes. That's my baby. So how was that experience? Like, oh, that was really funny, actually. Did I didn't you play win. sports growing up. Um, just at, at recess. <laughs> like I played basketball and football with the guys, but I did gymnastics from age five to 13 and then cheerleading 13 to 18 and cheerleading. Yeah. It's not a sports sport, but that's just a sport. Like that no, was I intense. Yeah. That's just a sport. Yes. I was in my best shape. I was so strong. Like it was a lot. So, um, but I love playing basketball and football at recess, like with the guys, like that's what I was doing at recess instead of like, I don't know, swinging on a swing or like something like I just, I was always playing that. Um, I'm great at flag football. So I would love to, like, I love flag football, like doing that stuff. So if there's ever any flag football opportunity, let me know. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't play, I didn't play sports like on a legitimate team. It was mainly with like my okay. brother and my cousins or like the guys at school. So how did you end up playing ball with Jadakus? How does that come about? Um, I, I love basketball. So like I can't dribble, but I can shoot for sure. And I just, I wanted to do something different. So I came up with this series where I play horse with artists. So I did it with Jadakus, Fab. Uh, who else did I do this with? Blue Bass. Who else did it? There was like five, five episodes of that that I did. I didn't win any of them. But it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, but with awesome. Jadakiss, yeah, with, like, what'd you say? 
it's nice that you're making up this series. Like it's, and you're just like, oh, I just thought of a series. And then I just reach out. I've, I've done that a lot. Like <laughs> I have so many random ideas that I've done with artists and it's like, they actually all turned out really good, but I just wasn't consistent with it. Like I've done um, tours of houses. I've done cooking. Uh, what else did I do? Just random shit. But like, yeah, so he was coming by uh, promoting an album. And I just remember with that game specifically, it was hilarious because I like I would come close to so many different shots. So I thought there really was a chance I was going to win, but I did not win. But he was great and he gave a lot of great advice as well. Okay. Well, if you see him, tell him I said, <laughs> I will. You were boxing with Ray Shermer. Sway oh, Lee. yeah, I did do that. <laughs> yeah. See, like just so much random shit. <laughs> Um, and then, so now I want to talk about your newest, um, accomplishment. So you became the host for the Dodgers. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, I was reading your thing. You said they, they interviewed like, was it 400 people or more than that for the position? So 400 people applied. And then I don't know how many people they interviewed for the second round. Um, and then they had 14 of us come into the stadium to, for like the final round. And only one was chosen. No, actually, so there was, it was supposed to only be one, but they ended up picking two guys and two girls. So, oh, like, wow. I thought, yeah, everyone was so good that it was like, I was like, there's no way they'll be able to pick just one. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so what we, do you, um, like, how, how do you like the job? Like, what are you covering? I love it. Like, you're just basically hosting throughout the game, doing, like, yes. rap things, games and all that, talking yeah. about all that stuff. Yes. So I do. So it's the pre-show, which is about 40 minutes before the game. And then throughout the game for the inning breaks, we do different games with fans. And it's crazy because I didn't have any experience like stadium hosting. Like and every time I do interviews, it's like one on one um, or for like a panel, like the biggest crowd I ever had to host in front of was maybe like a thousand or fifteen hundred. So I thought I was going to freak out like in that stadium. But it actually being in the stadium, you don't feel all those people there. Which is weird because you would think like they're literally all staring at you. And at, at Dodger Stadium, it's so they have two 27 foot screens. So it's like people actually pay attention versus like in basketball, when you look at like the their screens, you have to look up. So I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention as much. But like in that stadium, like it's like the only thing you can look at. So right. I thought I was going to be super nervous, but like I love it. Like I don't feel it at all. Like, and I That's love awesome. being there. Um, the next game I'm doing is actually Filipino Heritage Night. So that is on the second. So I'm excited about that. That's next week. Oh, nice. Okay. When you're doing the games and everything, um, do you ever, I know you said you're feeling comfortable, but are, are you doing something before you interview people? Like, do you have any specific thing or like way that you prepare or are you kind of just off the rip? No. So I, so before the game, so now it's like, it's so easy and I'm so comfortable with it. So we'll get for the specific games, like we know what the games are. So as long as you really know what the game is, you can just you can play around with the different fans with doing it. Um, so what I do is just every time before the segment, I meet who the contestant's going to be for the game. And I try to have small talk with them before just so it's better, even better chemistry when we're actually gotcha. live, like at the stadium. So I'll always talk to them. Um, the last one I did, I remember he was holding a beer and I have so much damn hair. And like before we started, he was like, look, one of your hair's dropped in my beard. Like, <laughs> so it was just like my bad. Like, so it's just like fun stuff like that. And I'll just talk to them about, you know, like 
how their day went or like how drunk they are or you know, <laughs> if excited if they're nervous. So I'll always talk to them before. And then as far as for like the pregame show, we get the run of show and what the talking points are going to be. So I'll just go over it when I'm at home and I'll like, I'll just rehearse for myself just so that, and I always do it out loud just so I make sure like I'm good, but it's very like, it's not, um, where you have to be like super polished. So that takes a lot of stress off of it where it's like, they want you to have fun. So right. it's like, we try to add different like elements to it. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really, I really do love it. Like a lot. I never would have thought that would be one of my jobs ever. Like it, it was never a thing where I was like, Oh, one day I would love to be able to do this. Like, and it just happened. <laughs> so I was watching the world series a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I don't watch baseball at all. Like I worked at McFadden's in Philly for like two months and I was like, yeah. like so slow. And like everyone, if the game was over, it's and faster now. like left and I'm like, this sucks. You know, I'm like, I'm going to stay in the casinos. But I was watching the, um, world series and I was like, I don't know if it was the players that was looking fine or what, but I was like really intrigued and I'm like, Oh, it's not as boring anymore. So I'm like, maybe one day I'll go to a baseball game. Um, out here we have, we're having the A's come out here. Yes. And then also, so this year they changed um, the format of baseball. So the games are a lot faster. Ah. Yeah. So they're not as long anymore. So they cut it. So even for like the inning breaks, we don't have that much time like to play the game because they cut the games a little bit shorter. Look, 2023, (laughs) making progress. (laughs) Okay. So are you still signed to um, Warner Music Label? For, for no, Twitch. so I was, yeah, I was never signed to Warner Music. I just, I was hired as a host for their Twitch channel. Oh, okay. Do you play video yeah, games? Like, is it what? Do you play video games? Um, Only Nintendo 64 games, like, <laughs> anytime. Not actual, like, video games. Not yeah. the new ones. Okay. I, well, I played Crash Bandicoot on my PS4. I got it because I'm like, they remade Crash Bandicoot. That was, like, my shit when I was like. Oh, I didn't know that. So I got it on this one, and I finally, um. I had to have a friend help me beat it. I'm like, this is not even made for kids. Like, none of this new size. <laughs> That's funny. I would not know. <laughs> I was like a Super Nintendo girl, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I was an N64 girl, for sure. <laughs> I hated the joystick. I hated the joysticks. That's yeah, why I like, it. the last time I I just played, like, recently, actually, and that shit fucked up my thumb. Like, I felt like my hand was, like, <laughs> stuck like this. It was bad, but I still had fun. <laughs> Um, okay. So as far as like the industry so far, it's just been over a decade for you. So is there any like big obstacle that you feel like you face that maybe as being a woman or just being in the media in general, that was like kind of hard to overcome or that you had to learn how to navigate? Thankfully, no. Um, I, I really stay out of the way. (laughs) Like I am so out of the way where it's like, I'm only out, you know, if I need to be out for an event, um, I get along with everybody. So I didn't, thankfully I didn't have any issues where I felt or like an obstacle that I felt like I had to overcome. Um, The only obstacle I feel that I had within the industry is it's my own fault where I just, I didn't stay consistent from what I wanted to do from day one. And I'm thankful that I was able to go into different avenues within the industry because I learned so much for sure. But what I did learn was I was trying to do too much, like all the time, like all the time. And it was if I had just streamlined and I focused on like the key things I wanted to do, I feel that I could have been more effective and could have been a lot further 
than today because there's still a lot more that I want to do and that I haven't accomplished. And I wish I just didn't try to do everything at once and make everybody like happy and prioritize everybody else. Um, so that was the only obstacle, but that's not the industry's fault. That was my fault. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I'm like, I try to do so many things at once and, um, it's really true. You have to just like pick something and focus on it Yes, and just like do it because it's like, you have to put your energy into it because it doesn't make any sense to put your energy in all different things and then yeah. you know, nothing comes to fruition. So exactly. um, do you edit all your own stuff? Yes. Um, not my interviews. I have an editor actually for that. I know how to edit so I can do it if I want to. I just prefer not to because yeah. hmm. I do final cut and, um, I've been doing that for years now. Yeah. And finally have somebody to do my social media, but with my actual editing, it's like, I want to do it because I already know it's like, you How know, you are. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, maybe one day I'll be like, all right, this is fine. You did a good job. But then sometimes I'm just like, how, why would you think that's a great cut or an Yeah. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I just had this where it's like, there's literally only one videographer in the past that I would trust with anything where I never had to check double check shit I could just upload and then thankfully I have another one as well where like he's my go-to but then even like there was a time where I would I was working with different people and it was just like I would get so frustrated because it, it was the same thing like wait why like why did you think that was okay or why did you not catch that and I realized like you know what I just have to stick to what I know and like who knows how to work with me and who like really takes it seriously because that's less stress for yourself as well. Like yeah. you can go the route where it's like, Oh, you can go where you can save money and you know, edit yourself, which is like, that makes sense like financially, but then also it's like sometimes saving money and going that route is not worth it because yeah, yeah. I, I work. pay for my piece sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to spark up? Anything I want to spark? Oh, no. Not right now because I have to shoot stuff after. And when I smoke, I am the most useless person you'll ever come across. It's, it's funny because I actually um, – I, I smoke, like, CBD when I do, like, photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. If I smoke in my photo shoot, I use CBD because I'm, like, I'm going to be high as shit. My eyes are just going to be, like, I'm not going to want to, like, do anything in front of this Yes. <laughs> That's how I am. So I'm, like, I don't smoke until, like, late night when I'm about to sleep. Do you have a preference on what you smoke or are you just, Easter like – yeah, it has to be. I I tried. Not even I tried. Whenever I do sativa, it's just like I don't want to be high anymore. Like it's like it reaches a point where it's like get this the fuck out of my system because I don't want to feel it anymore and it does not go away. So it's just like wow. I like to like be able to sleep. It sounds like you um are smoking something with a lot of limonene, which like makes your heart rate and your um anxiety get worse. If oh, okay. yeah, that's probably what it was because never in a lot of it's in a lot of sativas and people don't realize it. And that's why some people are like, what the fuck? What did I smoke? You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm actually um, making a weed strain. It'll be like done by the end of the year. And nice. um, I'll definitely send you some because it's going to be a balanced hybrid sativa leaning, but balanced and there's no limonene and there's no there's no freak out. <laughs> no, no, sure. Because I'm like, I like the limonene because I don't, I haven't drank coffee in fucking years. So I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, so yeah, so that was like my coffee for a while, but I'm like, some days even for me, it's a lot. So I'm like, I know it's got to be a lot for other people. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, no, I'm like, get this out now. Like, I don't want it. Um, and then if I, I haven't, I love edibles, but 
edibles I already know I'm done for 14 hours no matter what so it's like I can't do it if I have something. 14 hours what are you what edibles are you taking I'm just ready like the gummies <laughs> but it's like when I take them it like really stays in my system for a long time <laughs> so I know I love them but I don't take them often because I just have my thresholds <laughs> Okay, so um, for like a lot of the creators out there and everyone that's kind of doing the same thing that you're doing, what do you think is like a, the easiest way to monetize yourself and make it worth it for all your hard work? Monetize, when it comes to like content and creating or overall? Yeah. I think I would say that, and also interviews, all that stuff. I think it's worth it. And it's worth it when you're actually happy and you enjoy creating what you're creating. So when I do my content, even when it's brand deals, I'll only do brand deals if I actually genuinely like the brand. So like we talked about Manscaped. I love Manscaped's marketing. Like, and we're doing so much work together, but it's like it aligns with what I want to do. And I actually look forward to those shoots um, versus sometimes I would do deals just because like there was, there was pay attached to it, but I didn't really necessarily like the product. So now I'm very, I'll only work with brands where I actually like the product so that I can enjoy shooting it. And then creating content, like to be yourself, like being able to monetize off of that is great. Um, and I would definitely say pay attention to the different trends and what's actually working. Like that's something I didn't do where I'm like, it's really not a big deal. Like if I'm not on social media all the time or if I'm not paying attention to what's working and what's not, it, it, and, and I'm not even going to lie. Like I just came to that conclusion like recently because I'm like, I keep doing shit and it's like I'm not really – putting a strategy behind it and I'm just doing it because I just like I feel like doing it like that week or like one week I don't feel like doing it but it's like you have to be consistent with that but it's definitely worth it if you enjoy what you're creating and don't try to recreate something that you saw work for somebody else because they're already doing that like you really have to be true like to yourself and to your brand so when do you feel like was the first time that you got paid for your content like you signed up with the in 2010 2010 um kind of no oh no i'm talking about so when i would do brand deals like that so it's like if i created something specific to a product got um, but even yeah even when i got paid to do interviews like it wasn't anything crazy but when i first started but like i enjoyed doing it so much that it didn't even matter i would do it for free like just because of the experience gotcha yeah i've been doing um like streaming platforms and everything like that mm -hmm. too Cause I'm like, I have so much content that it's like, if you have the ad money to push this shit out, by all means, take it, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, the people don't realize how expensive content creation is. It and, really is. And time consuming. Uh, it's just like, it's crazy. Cause that when I first started it, my friend told me he worked on his business. I'm like, how long you've been having this brand, this merch, you know, this brand, yeah. he's an artist, whatever. And I'm like, he's like, Oh, like eight years. I'm like, eight years. I'm like, oh, you've been. You've gone out of this for eight years. I'm like, ain't no way I got eight years in me, you know? Like, just yeah. start. And now I'm like three years in and I'm like, I can see how it takes yeah. a while to build something, you know? Yes, you um, really have to. And that, that ties into when I said, like, I, I did too much. Like, I did way too much instead of focusing on that. So it's now, like, moving forward, my goal is to really focus on my content and, and not be pulled in, like, a thousand different directions. Right. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want to um, talk about? No, those are the main things. Like just my show, my content, and then the stuff with the Dodgers are the main things right now. Nice. And what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
I like the focus. Only three things, right? We're like, yeah, I'm proud of myself, yeah. actually. The fact that I didn't say, like, I have, like, I have other, um, like, side projects, but they're, like, one-offs. So, right now, I'm I'm working on this Rams preseason opener, like, campaign. So, that's going to be August 12th, where I'm bringing on talent for, there's a flag football game and then there's a halftime like celebrity skills challenge thing so it's like but that's like a one-off thing but it's like I enjoy doing that stuff because it's still artist related so I'm like I feel like it's okay to do that as long as it's just you know a one-off but not like a consistent like full-time job type thing but no just those three things really it's just it really my answer should just be my show and Dodgers and like that's it (laughs) two things I guess my content, does that fall under my show? Unless I, or if I just say like my gin content, <laughs> then it's only two things. Yeah. Cause before I'd be like, I have this. And that was the thing. I felt like I had to have so much going on to like keep up or like be relevant. I'm like, you really don't like, you really don't. I was doing way too much. And I tried everything. Like, even when you said streaming, like I tried Twitch, you really have to be consistent with Twitch to do Twitch. Like, so I, I'll try everything, but I, I just know what works for me and what doesn't work for me at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. I fucking, I'm not doing Twitch at all. I tried. I bought, <laughs> the, I bought the capture card and everything. And then I had like yep. an old, Mac, an old like laptop and it didn't come, it didn't like whatever convert. And then I was just like, that's why I actually made my own website because I was like finding ways to monetize for the content. Yeah. And once I got monetized on YouTube, I was like, well, this ain't fucking sales money. Mm-hmm. This ain't bartending money. Even, right? Yeah. Even YouTube, you have to like, um, now shorts is like the big thing. So mm-hmm. it's even with that, like the long, like, Oh my gosh, like my interviews will get terrible views on YouTube. But when I take the short and I put it on like TikTok or Instagram reels, it gets way more views. I'm like, fuck it. Like YouTube yeah. will make its way back. at some point. So that's why I was even like, YouTube is a skill. Like, like, I don't have to pay, you know, like I'm not trying to pay double fees on through a, pro- a program when I could just yeah. traffic to my website and then you exactly. can there, right? So, yeah. um, but I will definitely sign up with streaming platforms that are like, hey, we want to put your content on our site for free mm-hmm. and we're going to just fucking put out ad money for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> money for it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Why you know, not? I'm trying to take a break. I'm trying to take a fucking break. It's like season four. I'm done in like the first week of September. And then I'll probably take a break till the new year again. And just like, yeah. Right. Recycle. So per season. Um, I usually do like 15 this, this okay. year I'm doing 20 or this season I'm doing 20. And it's just like, you know, I never had a problem with content, which was really lucky for me. Cause even when I started my YouTube, I didn't like, I had no idea what I was doing. I just, you know, I learned final cut through share screen. I learned how to set up my mixer through like FaceTime from Jersey. Yeah. It was just like, you know, just raw. And, yeah. um, people were just constantly bringing me content and I was getting like really good interviews from the beginning. And people were like, how are you getting this NFL player? How you get, I'm like, I fucking reached out and asked or I know people and they were like, you know yeah. what I mean? They know, exactly. they know my fucking character. So they're like, she's not going to do some <laughs> bullshit. And, and you're um, consistent. Yeah. So I just, I've been doing that and I'm like, you know, like I said, it's been three years now. I'm just starting to feel like, okay, content that I've been slaving over is finally yeah. getting some type of recognition. My red man interview went viral. Nice. So it's like, you know, I'm like, it's slowly building and that's how I can see how it takes a while. But in the meantime, like you said, you definitely have to be focused because there's like way too many avenues that you can go in this. It could snowball so quick. (laughs) And it keeps changing. Like now we have threads. Like, so it's Twitter leaving. Like it's just, it's so much. You want threads? I'm like, I hate Twitter. I have somebody that does Twitter. I don't even look at my Twitter. Yeah. 
Like I, I got mad know. at Twitter once they took <laughs> away the verification and like, what did they add to it? They just said, it was once Elon Musk took it. It just became. We're all, we're all fucked, yeah. guys. Yeah. Exactly. Um, is there any type of like thing that you um, like motto that you live by or just anything that you tell yourself all the time? I know that you're um, like definitely spiritual and you believe in God. Yeah. Is there anything that you constantly kind of like just remind yourself through your process? I used to like when I was like when I first started, my thing was make it happen. That's what it was before. And then after that, it's just I don't have a set. I should. I didn't have like a set thing. But like one thing that I always standby is just to really like believe in yourself like really believe in yourself and i'm going through this amazing like process right now in this journey of like healing and getting to know myself and it's just like i feel like i'm growing so much and it's like happening so fast but it's like yeah believing in yourself and um yeah, believing in yourself and like having boundaries, like there's just a lot. So I couldn't. I love boundaries. Yeah. I fucking love boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been healing since I started the podcast. Before that, like I said, I was just a toxic person coming from Jersey, like still in the industry, you know. And yeah. like then when I started, like just learning health, wellness, mental, physical, spiritual, like I'm so deep in the health that it's like now, like I said, I'm the vessel for other people and helping them heal themselves. And it's like, it's just been a crazy road. So I'm excited for that you're going through that. And it is, um, it's called like spiritual awakening when you go fucking mm-hmm. zero to a hundred and you're like, Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. Like, and it's very, uh, because you know, healing is the, it's a really a never ending process. But like when you really focus on it, I've been, I feel like I've been on this healing journey since maybe like 2018 where it's like, I've, I've gone to therapy. I've done hypnotherapy. I've done Reiki. I've done like all these different things, but like, I just, I hit a point. I hit a point recently where it was like, okay, no, because sometimes when you first start your healing process, like, you know, there's certain things you shouldn't do anymore, certain habits you want to break, but then like you revert back to it. So it's like, that's like what I was doing for years. And now I'm like, no, like, dead ass. I am not backing down on like any of this because I just, I want to make so many different changes. And I know there's so many blessings waiting for me, but I know I'm just not ready to receive them yet. So I'm really focused. That That's my other. Okay. So we said the three focuses earlier. I'll say the other, that fourth focus is myself. Like, because I was such a person who cared so much about other people where I would prioritize other people and other things. And I would literally put myself last. So okay. I realized like, you know, yes, you can still be a genuine person and a, a caring person and a giving person, but not at the expense of yourself. And that's, that's something I really had to come to terms with. Gotcha. And I'm opposite. I learned how to like actually give a fuck about people. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before I was like, fuck you. I'm on my own. I got to do all this shit myself. Like I can't, yeah. you know, and now I'm like, what do you need? Are you okay? You want, you want to cook for you? You need a meal? Like <laughs> yeah, balance. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I did a lot of quantum, uh, quantum leaping. I don't know if you've heard of that. If you've done mm-hmm. Reiki, it's like beyond Reiki. It's like, what is that? It's like fucking, it's the same kind of thing. They go over you. They do it. So it's an energy healing, but it's basically like them really breaking your blockages, bringing your spiritual self in your body. A lot of times you, you can't even bring your real self in because we have these um, responsibilities through life. We have a lot of traumas. We have a lot of other people we have to take care of, and we just don't have time to really be our genuine self, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have the space to do that, whether it's your yeah. environment, your work, 
your family, whoever it might be that's holding you back or whatever. Um, yeah. It just takes a lot to really like be free of like those blockages. So yeah, quantum healing, that should change my life. Um, that oh, was wow. my- I like want to try it now. If it's like, yes, I will write Whenever you come to Vegas, girl, I got you on all the self-care. Like I'm self-care queen out here. And yeah. Nutty because like in Jersey, we don't believe in none of that. Like it was all voodoo. <laughs> weird like I got my crystals now like look at me I'm like people are like what the fuck like you're so calm I'm like I know right yeah. <laughs> you have to be like I'm like there's nothing to be angry about and and now I have shit to lose so I can't just be popping off like I used to <laughs> like <laughs> but I did my first um ayahuasca trip a couple months ago oh, have you heard right. that? I, I've heard of it I've never done it okay so that was what really uh, like you said, when you know things that you're supposed to be working on when you're healing, a lot of times you put them off, they come back in later. And so, you know, I had a big blockage that um, always comes back. Yeah, I had a big blockage, took right out the next fucking day. It was a lot of pain, a lot of crying, a lot of conversations that didn't want to be had and need to be had. And it just was like, after that, it was like, I feel content that I've already gotten like everything out that I needed to. Like I've made yeah. amends with the people in my life that I feel like I need to at this point. I feel like I don't have no burden on me, you know? So like, and it's taken me fucking three years to get here, you know? So I tell people like, it's a process when you're, even with your diet, whatever you're trying to change, mm-hmm. your mental, your physical, like you have to go to the gym every day and just go two days and think it's going to change. Like everything's yeah. the same thing with content. Right. So um, you have to have a good mental space to do this. This fucking, this shit is not for the week. Yeah, exactly. And it's even like, um, just even with the process of it or something that's really important to touch on is like, whatever that thing is that you know you need to do, like, you know, that's part of your healing process, like avoiding it for <laughs> a year or five years. It doesn't matter. That shit is coming back like five years later. So like, I know, like I have, I have specific things where I know, like, God's been telling me, like, this is part of your process. Like, he legit tells me this every year. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And it's like, no, it is. You cannot run away from your healing process. And you can't find temporary fixes. Like, you can't, or a temporary fix or a a distraction. Like, because it will only partially, like, heal you for that moment. But that shit's coming back. So, like, whatever it is you're afraid to face, on your healing journey, just face it. Cause you will have to face it eventually. Even if it's when you're 80, like, I don't care. It is coming back. Like until you learn. And the sooner you, the sooner you do it, the sooner you can be, have a better life. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't want to be 70 going through your trauma. And it's like, you, it held you back from your whole life of living, you know? And that's how I look exactly. at it. Got to talk about it. It don't matter. I mean, once you hit your thirties, like, it's, um, it, it's like, you have to deal with it. Once I heard yeah. it, I was like, something's, I'm like, something's telling me I just can't be the same. <laughs> it, maybe it's the 30s. Like, maybe that is, like, the, the – the, we cracked the code. Like, it's like, all right, you can, you can run away from it all the way until your 30s, but when it's your 30s, you really have no choice anymore. I'm telling you, it's a good thing. Like, it's a good age. I think 31 is, like, when I really started going in. I'll be 34 this year. Nice. And um, how – when's your birthday? June 28th. So I turned 33 a few weeks ago, or I guess. Yes. Oh my God. You're in your Jesus year. Yeah. So I started like uh, 30. I think when did I start my healing process? Probably when I was like 30. I think like, I like dabbled in it, like maybe like 20, maybe 29 and then 30. I'm like, let me take this more seriously. And then like, it was like, it progressively got worse. (laughs) 
So that's when I say like when you have to do something, just do it because it's like you had when you're first introduced to the point like that you have to do something, it's a little easier. But like the more you reject it and try to run away from it, I swear like it gets worse and worse. And then like you're going to hit a point where like it'll hit you so hard that you're like, damn, okay, now I really want to just do what I'm supposed to because I don't want it to keep getting worse. So yeah, it's probably your 30. Yeah, so you're in your Jesus year. 33 is Jesus year. So it's like your your rebirth. It's the year of like you basically um you like this is your abundant year like oh, you're gonna thank you oh, that's good to know <laughs> yes like all your healing things you're going through like you're gonna be getting rid of those blockages you're gonna be getting all the job opportunities you want or everything you want in the jobs that you have it's like this is like the year so my year of 33 like has been honestly fucking amazing like since i since i've like already made it that i'm like okay i want my life to be great you know? yeah so and then when's your birthday um November. November. Okay, so it's coming up. No, it's not. It's Ish. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't like make me 34 months. yet, okay? You're still in your Jesus year. Yes. I love it. I thank you so much for your time. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. It was this was a lot of fun. Um, what did you say you have August 2nd? Filipino Heritage Night. Um oh, at okay. So that's perfect because I dropped my episodes Wednesdays, so I'll just drop yours next week on the second. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that one's yeah. gonna be fun one no I really enjoyed this conversation uh I already know like even just like what I'm gonna end up pulling like from the link when it's available oh you're you're already way ahead that's why you're like can I pick my own shit (laughs) well just because I know it's it's a lot to like have to like clip through and then you never know what people like but it's like there's so many different things yeah well you're you're different because you're like you do the same thing so I could totally get it um So yeah, I'm going to, um, I'll send you the whole, I'll download the video off YouTube after this and I'll send, I'll email you the link. I mean, to the whole video and you can like click what you want, but, um, for the most part on the video, it's just going to be, there's not much to clip out. I'll just edit it and then add your tags in there and whatever else. Yeah. Don't you love that? Like, I remember when I first started, I'm like, uh, like if I have to like cut out certain things, but then I'm just like. I literally don't care. Like whatever was said is what's going to be said. And then it's an easier editing process. Cause it's like, you're just going to trim the beginning and the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, my first, yeah. When I first started editing, it was just a bad because I had an old ass Mac from like college and I was using final cut, but it was like, um, just like overworking the storage. And like, I could only do it like a certain amount of time or else it would go on storage. And then I would like have to redo the video in like a shorter yeah. amount of time. The longer videos took me like days sometimes, you know, like an hour and a yeah. half. It took me like 24 hours sometimes as far as like getting everything done, cutting up every, you know, it was just a lot. So I've minimized my shit a lot because now I do, um, I just have like the lapel mics or mm-hmm. like the that you just, you know, take with one camera, one widescreen angle. Yeah. Things already connected. The audio's in there. The audio's great. You know what I mean? I don't have to do like the two, three separate angles and then. Yeah. Garage band with my shit and mix it in. <laughs> I used to do that shit in my studio in my house, and I was like, I don't know how. I'm like, and uh-uh. it's like with how everything is now with social media, like no one cares anymore. No one like, even knows. I'm like, you can't even tell. Exactly. No one's, look, no, no one's looking at anything in 4K. They might think they are, but they're not. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they're really not. All right. So, um, Filipino Heritage, you said it's Filipino Heritage Day? Filipino Heritage Night. Yeah, it's understanding. Okay, so it's, tell me about it. So it's, so Dodgers do just different special nights, like specialty nights. So 
Filipino Heritage Night. It's going to be, you know, for Filipinos. They have a Filipino like custom like jersey. So that's going to be really cool. Um, and it, I'm excited for it just because like that whole stadium is going to be full of Filipinos. And like I said, Filipinos are just <laughs> like the happiest so, stadium like, ever. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. <laughs> is it um is it is it a, a Heritage Month as well, or it's just the night? No, it's just the night. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like we're like we're gonna do this night. Okay, cool. Yeah, like um, like July eighth was Japanese Heritage Night, so I hosted that night. Uh, on June fourteenth, we had Black Heritage Night, so they have like just different cultures. So it's a lot of fun and just seeing like the different cultures. Um, so like I'm that. super excited about Filipino Heritage Night. I used to do culture videos when I started YouTube with did all you? my friends. We did like how to be Hawaiian. We did how That's to be. Hawaiian. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, that'll be August 2nd. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate and De Leon being on the show. Thank you. That's your sister, 33. Seriously. That's like the first time I heard that too. I'm like really excited. I'm really excited for your journey and I hope you come to Vegas because I'll show you a really fucking good time. I'm not coming to <laughs> Vegas in July. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll see you in the fall. In the fall. <laughs> I ain't talking about paint to the picture This is scribble for the soul When I was a young man my dribble was cold So that means I always been ballin' like Jones Whatever block I step on I call it my home I'm left alone I'm fighting in the demons my mind spent like a spree well Shot him in his neck and his back Gave him that ease L Just found out what a pre-sale was I'm levitating Closing line to retail love I'm hella faded shit